0: Hello and thank you for downloading or streaming this podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. This is the March edition of In Conversation With, presented by me, Gabrielle Janzio and Andy Carter. Almost every month for the last year we've been chatting to the leader of the council, Councillor Steve Siddons, to find out more about what we are doing across the borough and an update on activity. We've also been putting questions to him. Welcome again, Steve.
1: Hello, Gabrielle. Hello, Andy.
2: Sadly for us, this will be the last podcast in this series. At the end of this month, we, Scarborough Borough Council, will not exist. As you may remember from previous episodes or our amazing Residence News newsletter, local government in North Yorkshire is being reorganised and a single unitary authority is replacing the current eight councils. It also means Steve is leaving politics. So this is our chance, our last chance, in fact, to ask him some really challenging questions, such as what is... Your leaving office song. For that alone, stay tuned. Steve time is ticking on the existence of our council but it seems almost a little bit ironic that there's an awful lot to talk about in our final episode this yeah. month yeah. let's start with your thoughts on it being our final episode and also what you think about the podcast generally and we should tell our listeners that since we recorded the last edition we actually won an innovation award for this particular um, communications tool so well, let's look. just wrap up those thoughts well, on time. that
1: generally um, I think it's very sad. It's a sad day, really. I think the the fact that we've done these podcasts has been very innovative, and uh, and I think it's it's a good way of uh, being able to chat to people. Uh, I know it's a little feels a little bit one sided, but hopefully people see it as a, a sort of casual, off the cuff kind of comments that we all make, uh, and feel as though maybe we're in their home having a chat with them. Um, and it's the easiest way for us to do that to a lot of people. But um, I think that the whole process has been really good and I think that we started off maybe about a year ago um, all a bit nervous about it, but I think we've had some real successes and uh, it's a shame that at the moment the new North Yorkshire Unitary are not planning to uh, continue this, but I hope they'll reconsider that um, because they're a very large authority, and uh, they cover a big area. And I think using modern communication methods is an important tool in, uh, in the communications armory, and I think that they need to really seriously consider using it.
2: Actually, we've had quite a few councils get in touch with us about the use of the podcast. We've had ones in the northwest, ones down in the southwest somewhere. We've been having a number of conversations because they've heard this podcast and are interested in about how we've approached it, what the thinking was and the purpose. So it seems to, it seems to have had the right effect, even if it's not in our immediate county.
1: Yeah, I, I do some work for the local government association and go around other local authorities uh, talking to them about what they're doing. And I, I get that a lot, and people say we really need to be able to communicate well with our residents. Um, Residents don't always understand exactly why decisions are made in the way they are, and having a better link to residents is really useful. And we've all tried newspapers and magazines and various things, and, and they're successful to a point. But I think the spoken word... Is is really useful, and the technology is there to do this now. And we've we've seen, you know, we've we've got it on Spotify, we've got it on Apple Music. we've, You know, people can they've got it on their Alexas. People can easily access this information. and And I think doing a once a month uh, interview like this is useful. But I think over time it will develop into other things. And I think we'll have subject heading stuff, and people will be able to say. Alexa, tell me what the council's doing about such a thing. And I think that it could be a really useful tool and and help people understand and be able to communicate back with us.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Let's uh, see what happens then in the future. So let's just um, wrap up the kind of formality of, of our existence. Our, we've had our final cabinet meeting, which you oversaw earlier this month, March. Um, some big items on the agenda. The first one was the filey vision which we've been working on now for 18 months but it's sort of in it's come to fruition an exciting moment and just for the benefit of our listeners of course we've developed the Filey vision because Filey was excluded it missed out on the town's deal government initiative Um, so a good legacy to leave on and Filey with an extra million
1: pounds and a sort of blueprint for the next decade. Absolutely I think that um, I, I was very disappointed that Filey was left out of the town's fund and I wanted to make sure that that was not a legacy that we'd left. So we managed to find some money to put into the pot so that we could develop their own, in effect, Towns Fund bid. And, uh, and we've developed the blueprint for Filey. And that's been a really successful exercise. It's, it has taken time, but the reason it's taken time is because we've consulted with so many people. And so many people have put their views in and and ideas. And I think that the result of that is we've got a blueprint that the majority of people are supporting. And as as we move forward into actually delivering those things, then people will see uh, the product of of their involvement and think, you know, I was a part of that. That's been been really great. So um, I look forward to seeing the outcome of that, see the the new play parks, the improved toilets, the the paddling pool on the seafront, and the other things that that are being done, and uh, and good luck to Filey in the future. They they won't be directly part of what I would call our our part of the authority. Uh, they will be part of um, Rydale. Uh, that's just the way that it's been split up. Uh, but good luck to them. I think that. File is a great place and, um, and, and long may it continue to have such decent people uh, managing and monitoring what's going on there. The other thing that
2: came to cabinet was the annual report. Normally, at this time of the year, in our kind of um, administrative year, we're thinking about setting the budget, what we're going to achieve in the next 12 months. We also consider what we've achieved in the previous 12 months. And the annual report was brought to cabinet. Uh, looking back, uh, when you when you list when we look at the list of all the things that have been achieved, there's an awful lot. You must be really proud of what what the what your administrations achieved, what
1: the councils achieved in that period. Yeah, very proud. I think that. Um, Given the fact that we, we were a, a hung administration in the sense that we didn't have overall control, working with colleagues uh, in other parties uh, has allowed us to deliver a huge amount of stuff. I mean, we've, we've done so many things. And I think you know, it's a large document, uh, but it sets out everything that's been done and i think one of the things that i've liked is is something i think that you and your team andy have been involved in which was producing that short video which actually set out uh, all the things or many of the things that we've done and um, and i hope that we can put that on on our website and see that so that people can you know it's about a one minute one and a half minute clip that that really just shows people the things that have been done over the last four years and my My only reservation is that we couldn't do more. you know there are so many more things that we wanted to do and i think if if we had another couple of years uh, actually i don't know if I can cope with another couple of years of the of the stress of this job but um if we had another couple of years, uh, then I think we could have delivered even more and These are all things that are for the benefit of the people who live, work, and visit here. And, uh, and Scarborough and Whitby and Filey are great places, but they, they need investment, and that investment is there, is moving forward, and it's, you know, we can always use more, but, uh, but we've done pretty well over the last four years, and I, I am very proud of what me and, and my colleagues have all done.
2: Thank you for the, um, for the feedback there, Steve. We'll put a link in the show notes to the video where it can be found on our site.
1: On Monday,
0: the 20th of March, we held our last ever for council meeting and civic honours were bestowed on two professional sporting stars, Beth Mead MBE and Zoe Olcroft. Um, 11 councillors and one honorary Freeman. And there was also a posthumous award to former councillor and borough mayor, Hazel Linsky. Um, the occasion also marked the soon to be end of a local government chapter that began 49 years ago in 1974. So what would you take away from Monday's special occasion, Steve, and, and, and you know, your thoughts on the awards that were given um, to those recipients and, and what that would mean for them, but also um, for those of you who proposed um, those awards?
1: That particular annual meeting is always a special occasion. Uh, there's the cut and thrust of the day-to-day business of the council uh, that people sometimes see and gets in the press, but I think events like that just show how we as a as a local government organization can really put on a good show when it comes to um, civic events uh, the mayor who's who's the, um, the the primary resident of of this borough oversee it oversaw it. And all the councillors came along, and as you say, we had we had the awards. People get get awards because of their length of service, um, particularly more than for anything else, and and that is really important because it's uh, it is a difficult job. Um, it's one that's not often not appreciated by some people, um, but people put a lot of time and effort into it, and they do it because they want to make this place a better place to live, and. Uh, and that small reward that they get, there's no, there's no financial reward to it. It's just, it's just really a recognition that that they've done something, and it and it goes back to many years ago when when you know when I look around this room here, which is the cabinet room, has photographs of my predecessors on the wall. And I'm not expecting to, an oil painting to be done of me because we don't do that these days. But there there are some <laughs> there are some uh, some very interesting and uh, sort of slightly formidable figures uh, on that wall i'm not sure i would look quite like that but uh, i think i think it just shows it, it brings back to you the history of the place and uh, and how it's taken over 100 years really this building's been around for that length of time the council's been around for 49 years but, in previous forms, it's been other things. it's been Scarborough Corporation, it's been urban district councils and so on. so it has a long history and that day is the one where remember where we remember that history and we we do things in a different way and uh, It's sad that it's the last one. I don't know whether the new authority will do the same thing because we we're, we're a sort of slightly special case here in Scarborough and Harrogate. In that we're borough councils where we have a mayor, uh, the other district councils don't have that same thing, so we've we've got an extra layer of uh, of ceremony, if you like, and uh, and it's important that that we keep that, and it's it's very old. Uh, I I can't remember off the top of my head how far it goes back, but I, it's a considerable amount of time, and when you look at some of the uh, the artifacts that are in the glass cabinets in the corridor outside uh there there's some fantastic things there so i think it was it was a lovely day as they always are and um and i think that it's sad that it's the last one and i hope it comes back in some other form uh because the history is important i think to uh to us
0: I think for all of us um, that were there, um, including myself and Andy, it was a very poignant occasion. And just reflecting on the Freedom Awards that were um, bestowed upon um, Beth Mead, um, Arsenal, England footballer, and of course rugby union player Zoe Oldcroft, both actually hailing from our borough. Um, What would you say in terms of how they've been an inspiration for people of their age, um, either wanting to get into um, different careers or particular sporting careers?
1: It's very often we we don't think about young people in terms of inspiration. We're, they're they're at the start of their lives, and uh, and yeah, I suppose we all look to old people who are slightly older, maybe, to to give us inspiration. We we look up to our parents, we look up to other people, our bosses, and so on. Well, some bosses, um, but uh, having those young people who are who are only in the twenties achieved so much and they've given inspiration to other young people to to show that by working hard and and doing things that you really like doing and and are good at them that you can achieve an awful lot and we felt it was important that we recognize that and there's not many things we can do to recognize those things but we have something called the freedom of the borough that we can bestow on people and i think if you go back 100 years 150 years you you could drive your sheep across the spa bridge or something like that now I'm, i don't imagine Zoe and and uh, and beth will be doing anything like that but you never know they might kick a football across there or a rugby ball at some point uh, and it's it's the highest honor that we can give and we felt that the the things that they've done over over the last few years and the fact that this was the last one, uh last meeting, uh the two things coming together made it rather poignant and uh unfortunately Zoe couldn't be here because she's she's training at the moment uh at, at the at the camp. But uh, Beth was uh i think she was quite touched by by it all I, I i suspect she didn't know quite what to expect when she came but i, I think she was quite touched and uh, and she seemed very proud of uh, of what what she she'd achieved and been given so i hope so i hope i hope that she uh, looks back on that in later life and think that was a really nice moment um even though one or two of the councillors did drone on a little bit, but you know we've all got used to that. Um,
0: <laughs> I think she always had a smile on her face throughout throughout the ceremony, so she I'm did. sure yes, she had a fabulous she did. time. <clears throat> Thanks, Steve. Um, and now we we move on to um, another of the projects, which I know has been close to your heart. So the redevelopment plans for the Brunswick Centre, um, which of course have recently been approved um, through planning. And would you just like to bring um, our listeners up to speed with now what that means for that project going forward?
1: Well, we've been talking about having a, a cinema complex in the town centre for many years. And, uh, and at last, we, we've got to a point where we've got planning permission for one in the Brunswick Centre. And uh, as I think I've told listeners before, we, we've been working very closely with the Scarborough Group who own the the uh, Brunswick Centre and they've put the plans together. They've come up with a scheme that they believe will work and, uh, and hopefully we will see a multi-screen cinema appear in the Brunswick over the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, there's still... Bit of work to do on that. They've got the planning permission, and and to be fair, that was unanimous across all political parties. Everyone supported that, and and people were very keen to to be vocal about supporting it as well. It wasn't just simply a a vote. Every, everyone actually spoke from memory and uh, and spoke positively about the idea of it. So that that was really good. You don't see that very often. Um, so hopefully. That will move forward now. Uh, there's still more work to be done, as I say. Um, obviously some of the finances have got to be put together. The council will be involved in that. And um, obviously we've been talking to the new authority. Uh, they're on board with with the scheme and, and they, will, they will take over and work it through with Scarborough Group. So um, hopefully before Christmas in 24, um, you'll be able to go to see a film Uh, in Scarborough Centre in your multi-screen cinema so and all the all the other things that are planned to go with it the restaurants the the other activities that uh, that people will have read about in in the news.
0: And just while we're on the subject of, of the Brunswick, it was interesting in the Mayor's closing speech um, at the recent full council meeting that he reflected on the fact that when Scarborough Borough Council first began, um, the Brunswick Centre wasn't even there. Um, and now, 49 years later, we're discussing its next chapter and hopefully one which will be an exciting one and which everybody in, in both in the town and the, and the wider area can really benefit from.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's true. The there are so many things uh, that weren't there 49 years ago. But interestingly, there's two things that were there 49 years ago. Um, two of our councillors, Councillor Jeffels and, and Councillor Allinson, who were, who were both involved in the council 49 years ago. And, uh, and, and that's incredible that, that they've been serving councillors all that time and, um, and given so much to the borough in uh, in in the work that they've done. And I I know particularly uh, Godfrey Allenson was was quite moved on Monday. I think it was a, a very special occasion for him. Uh, he's uh, he he's a, a lovely guy. Well they, they both are actually and um and it couldn't go to two nicer people. Uh, but um hopefully they'll still be around for a few more years to come. And, uh,
0: we, we should add, shouldn't uh, we, that um, <laughs> um, Councillor David jeffels is, is continuing um, in the new authority, so he, he, he just keeps yeah. going and going. He,
1: he is, yes, there's no holding him back. He's uh, the Duracell <laughs> Councillor. <laughs>
0: Indeed, I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: You're listening to In Conversation With. It's a podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. I'm Andy. She's Gabrielle. And the other voice you're hearing is the leader of the council, Steve Siddons. So, Steve, um, I'm very keen to find out uh, when when, um, one organisation takes over from another, there's often a handover. We know in the past when there was a switch of governments, there was an interesting note left in the cupboard about the financial status. Uh, What's your sort of parting handover and advice to
1: the new North Yorkshire Council as it takes on the Baton? Well, I don't think there is any kind of official handover. Um, I've not been asked to attend a handover and hand over key. But but if if they want me to leave a note for them, the note would say there is actually a lot of money in the kitty. We've made sure that you've got all the money you need to continue the services that Scarborough uh, residents have enjoyed. And we've done a lot of work uh, which we hope that you will carry on doing. To deliver improvements to the people of this borough, um, and I'm sure I'm sure you will. Uh, so that that would be my note to them. But at the moment, as far as I know, I'm I'm being given the key and uh, and told to lock up and turn out the lights. So <laughs> okay. metaphorically, of course, yes, absolutely, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to questions. Uh, Gabrielle, you're in charge of the questions this month.
0: Um, yes, thanks Andy. And so we've got quite a few here. Um, the first one is from Gemma. And I think you've touched on a little bit of this earlier on. But Gemma's asking, what do you hope your administration's legacy will be?
1: I think it's to to deliver economic regeneration to the borough. That that there's, there's, We've had two focuses. One is economic regeneration. The other one is improvements to good quality housing. Um, we've not got as far as we'd like to with the housing, although we do have uh, a joint venture now with a with a high volume house builder, and they're ready to go on that. But we're waiting the final approval from the new authority to actually press the green light on that one. So that that's still got a little bit of work to do. Uh, but as far as economic regeneration is concerned, uh, I think we've we've put a lot of foundation stones in for that um which which hopefully will develop over the next two or three years i think one of the things that we felt when we came to power was that there is a a real shortage of job prospects for for people who want to better themselves here uh, the, there's lots of low-paid low-skill jobs um, particularly in tourism and things like that um, but there aren't enough well-paid, higher-skilled jobs. And so many people, particularly young people, uh, get to a point in their lives where they feel they have to move away from here in order to better themselves. And we wanted to work with local businesses to make sure that uh, those people who want to stay here are, are able to do so. Because people come here to live when they retire. And the last thing we need is is to become um, a town, a town or a series of towns, of, of older people. We need a, a good mix of people, uh, of all ages, to make sure that the economy works. So I think there's there's lots of things we've done, and we we, we don't really have time here, but people who followed it will know the things we've been doing, and I, and I think that um, that's that's allowed allowed us to set set the foundations for the new authority to, to continue that and to move us out of that. If you remember, we had a, a, a title of low-pay capital of the UK at one point, and a, you know that, that was an appalling position to be in. Uh, so I think we've moved on from that, and I think there's obviously more work to do, but we're going in the right direction.
0: I think that's the key thing you mentioned—the the right direction. Um, and so, looking back now on your leadership, your your time at the helm, and um, we have a question here from Nancy: What has been the best and worst aspects of being in charge?
1: The best aspect is is making a difference uh, to, to people's lives, and I, and I hope that we've done things that, in whatever small way, have have helped that. Uh, it's. Uh, you don't come into politics to to make people's lives worse you come in because you want to you see you see things that that don't feel right and you want to try and do your little bit about it and and i think it's a it, it's a position it's an honorable position to be given uh to uh, to be in a position where you might have a chance of doing that and and i don't think any of us me me all my colleagues uh would would feel that we we would mistrust that misuse that uh we've tried very hard to do as many things as we can to to make people's lives better and um i think the worst parts of it are either things that you you would like to do but you you haven't been able to do and uh and also you know some of the the negativity of uh, social media and things like that, often by people who who either don't understand what it is you're doing, or or choose not to want to understand, uh, just to make a point about things. So, I think social media is uh, is a bit of a double-edged sword. It, it's uh, it, it can be there for the good, but it can also be 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 not not very good. And uh, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all. Humans and we're just trying to do the best we can, uh, and to be unjustly criticised for things that you've either no control over or are just simply not true. Um, you know, is is a is something that. Well, let's put it this way: I won't regret not not having to deal with that anymore.
0: And you're right. Social media certainly does have its pluses and minuses. <clears throat> so looking ahead to sort of post the 31st of March, and what are your plans for after your time at Scarborough Council? Um, and why did you not stand for election to the new Unitary Authority? And that's a question from Paul.
1: I, I deliberately decided not to stand for the new Unitary Authority because I, I feel that I've done 10 years now and, um, and I think that there are lots of good people who are younger than me who are, who are coming through the system who are who are ready to to move on and to actually you know take more responsibility and um, and I've never felt that I wanted to be someone who's hanging around uh, blocking up an opportunity for younger people to um, to do their bit uh, so I thought the time was right at the end of the authority to say uh, that that's enough and. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a very time-consuming job, is this, and, uh, and it takes over your life, whether you like it or not. And um, lots of things that I'd like to have done that I haven't had a chance to do over the last 10 years, uh, hopefully I'll be able to do them now. And um, there, there are some great people coming coming through the system who, uh, who will take the baton and, uh, and carry on and move it forward.
0: Well, based on your answer just then, I think I might know what you're about to say to this next question, but I'll ask it anyway. And it's from it's from Sue, who's asked, "Would you consider standing for the elected mayor role in 2024?"
1: Do you know, I, I've I've lost count of the number of people have asked me <laughs> asked to me that. Uh, I think that the being, being elected mayor is uh, is a young man's job. And I think that, um, you know, as much as I like to think I am, I'm not a young man anymore. And uh, I think that there are lots of uh, good people who would make a better mayor than me.
0: Oh, C- Councillor Jeffels would tell you you've got many more years, Steve.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, if I, if I use Godfrey and uh, David as examples, then yes, I have. May I sneak one last question
2: in, um, and it's from me. Um, I won't make you sing this, Steve, but what will your
1: departing song be or what would it be if if you chose one? Oh, well, um, I think that, you know, just to be controversial in, in my usual way, I think I did it my way.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Steve. And usually at this point in the podcast, as we bring things to a close, we'd remind you of next month's opportunity to ask questions of Steve. But of course, as this is the last edition of In Conversation With, that's not an option. At the end of this month, a new Unitary Council assumes responsibility for all local services in North Yorkshire, and we, Scarborough Borough, will be abolished after 49 years. All that is left for us to say is a massive thank you for downloading or streaming our podcast since we published our first episode back in 2022.
2: At the time, we launched them as a bit of an experiment to see what would happen, but we've been, frankly, amazed by the response we've had. We've had thousands of listens across all episodes, across all of our series, and the feedback we've received has been really positive and encouraging. Uh, Like we've said earlier on, the new council hasn't yet decided whether it will launch its own podcast series, but based on our experience, we encourage it, and we hope it does. So, for the final time on the closing episode of In Conversation With, it's goodbye from Steve. Goodbye from Gabrielle. Goodbye. And from me, Andy. Goodbye.
0: For more news and information about the services we provide, visit scarborough.gov.uk.